This episode of the Weekly Standard Podcast is sponsored by The Great Courses. The Great Courses brings the world's greatest professors to your fingertips with more than 500 courses on science, history, philosophy, fine arts, better living, and more. The Great Courses are available on digital download and streaming or DVD and CD. Best of all, you can listen to or watch The Great Courses at your own pace without the pressure of homework or exams. And now, for a limited time only, The Great Courses is giving our listeners an offer of up to 80% off the original price of selected courses, including Latin 101, Learning a Classic Language. For this limited time 80% offer, go to thegreatcourses.com slash WS to find out more. That's thegreatcourses.com slash WS. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us on the Weekly Standard is Mark Hemingway, who has a terrific editorial on Hillary Clinton's email trickery. And I can't believe that you would use the word trickery about the Clintons. When I think of open, honest government and forthrightness, Mark, I think Bill and Hillary. Uh, yeah, that's, I'm sure that's what a lot of people think that didn't live through the 1990s. But uh, for those of us that did, yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. Well, actually, I'm loving this story. I, I wrote a book that came out the day Bill Clinton left office called Clinton and Me, How Eight Years of a Pants-Free President Changed My Nation, My Family, and My Life. And just going down memory lane of, and, and we're seeing it, in, in, number one, in the defense of Hillary, where suddenly things that are obviously wrong on their face, people are going, well, what do you mean? There's nothing. Everybody does it. There's nothing here at all. That seems to be a well-worn Clinton strategy we're seeing once again. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's kind of amazing because of the arguments uh, or or the pushback uh, for in defense of Hillary Clinton. Basically, all of the arguments fall into one of uh, three different categories. It's you know either irrelevant, it's ignorant of the facts involved, or it's a total non sequitur. Uh, you know, we heard this today, I guess, in the State Department briefing that you know, oh well, you know, Colin Powell, you know, used a private email or whatever. Well, and when Colin Powell was Secretary of State, you know, hardly anyone in the State Department used email for hardly anything. Period. Um, you know, and and the the same thing they keep bringing up. They say, well, you know, Jeb Bush had a private email account. Well, it's totally different when you are an elected official and you are, you know, an appointed member of, say, a presidential cabinet. I mean, if you're an elected official, you actually have to have a private email account to do your campaign stuff because you're not supposed to use taxpayer-funded infrastructure for that sort of thing. So, you know, a lot of the things you're hearing about the, in defense of Hillary Clinton are, you know, just, you know, absurd on their face. Though, though my, my favorite is Paul Begala, who is at least being honest and just He's just flat out saying, voters don't care about this. This is a non-story. You know, who knows? In a year, that may be true. But for right now, it's, it's, it, it's sort of beggar's belief that's the best they can come up with. My favorite was CNN this morning when, I forget the gentleman's name, Errol, somebody said, what's the big deal? Um, uh, 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 Condoleezza Rice didn't have a .gov email. I'm going, yeah, she didn't have email at all. And so that's somehow supposed to, yeah, that's the extra trick, Mark. She was so tricky, she didn't even have email. The, the, the twisting, the logical pretzels that the Clintons force their supporters to wrap themselves up in, why would anyone humiliate themselves that way? What's the, what, I, 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 that's what I truly don't understand about the Clintons. Well, it's because they think they can get away with it, and there's a lot of evidence in the past that suggests that they can. I mean, this is, you know, uh, just a, a, a thing that they've done repeatedly. I mean, it was George Stephanopoulos' signature move back in the 1990s, you know, to say that some scandal had broken that afternoon was old news and people don't didn't care about it, uh, you know. And to a large extent, I mean, they have gotten away with it. I mean, you know, Hillary Clinton, uh, um, it's implausible to believe that she didn't know what she was doing was, you know, 
you know, very, very, you know, illegal and, uh, and problematic, um, you know, given all the problems she had keeping track of her records with the Rose Law Firm. But, you know, on the other hand, you know, did the Rose Law Firm stuff or any of those, you know, whitewater scandals or anything like that really stick to them in the 90s? No, it didn't. So, of course, they're going to, you know, try this again because, you know, they've escaped from it in the past and they're going to escape from it again. Well, from the standpoint of trying to just understand what's going on and the real issues of legality and, and national security, what do you think are the key facts that people should keep their eye on, eyes on when it comes to Hillary and her email as the Clinton spin machine winds up yet again? Right. Well, I mean, I think it, it, you know, there hasn't been a lot of, uh, um, focus on, on what has brought this scandal about. And I, I think that, that, that all, that things need to come back to that a little bit. And this is kind of what I wrote about. Uh, one is that, you know, this really highlights how inadequate the Benghazi investigations have been to date. Um, you know, obviously, you know, any inquiry into what happened in Benghazi that didn't have access to Hillary Clinton's tens of thousands of emails during her tenure as Secretary of State, they're supposed to be publicly available. Never mind, they sure as heck should be available to congressional investigators. Um, and, you know, again, we're talking about a situation here where four Americans died. You know, so this is, you know, not a trivial uh, thing here that, that we, we haven't had access to those emails. And yet another big problem here is that uh, the media have been accusing Republican congressional investigators of overreach on Benghazi, you know, for years now. Basically, since, since Benghazi happened, they've been saying this. Well, it's impossible to say that now because we now know that, you know, without access to these emails, any Benghazi investigation today has been incomplete. And uh, we, we have to, you know, do something there, I think, first and foremost, to rectify that. I'm also interested in the idea that we're being told by the State Department, look, it's no big deal. Everybody knows whatever email you use, you just archive it at the end. And, you know, when you're, when you're leaving office, if you're a, 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 you know, an employee of the State Department or if you're the Secretary of State, I assume, you know, when you leave office as well. And yet for two years after she left office, she was doing the, quote, archiving. And that's just a, that is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, my, my, imagine a private company that says, yes, these records have to be reviewed by lawyers and attorneys, so be sure to archive them for forever on your home laptop. No one's ever said that in the history of laptops. Right. When the State Department asked to get access to Hillary's emails, they had to go through negotiations with Hillary's lawyers, like sit down, you know, extensive negotiations in Washington. Uh, does, that does not reek of transparency. Never mind that, you, you know, like you point out, she was keeping these on servers in her own house, registering her own domain. If there were any, if there are any incriminating emails or anything that she's done, I mean, we just let's just assume that they're gone. I mean, she had access and complete control over this. So any accurate picture of the historical record or anything that she might have done is incriminating, you know, it, it, it's, it's just gone to us now. And this notion that somehow because Hillary's now saying, well, she wants the public to see her emails, never mind that all of the emails she submitted to the State Department were completely pre-cold and archived through negotiations with her own advisors, uh, um, it's just nonsense. That's not transparency. Uh, my, my favorite tweet we don't in the know what emails she had and, and what ones she chose to turn over. My favorite tweet in the history of tweets. Hillary Clinton, I want everyone to see my emails. I mean, I just, I, I just I, here, here's, here's what she should have tweeted out. I want everyone to see my emails. They're at my house. The back door is unlocked. Help yourself. Watch out for the dog. I mean, how, if you wanted everyone to see the emails, you would send out the emails. They're still sitting in her house. So it's just, it is, I, and, and that's one, thing, one of the things, too, that I think people have forgotten about the 1990s and the Clintons 
It was the utter shamelessness of it. It was looking you right. in the eye and telling you something that you knew was ridiculous. It depends on the definition of the word is. And and expecting us to take it seriously. And if it weren't for the utterly psychophantic media, if the media weren't willing to be intentionally stupid and obtuse on their behalf, no one would have been able to get away with it. Are we going to see this again where the media fall in line? We've certainly seen it to a great degree by individual reporters, by people humiliating themselves like Ron Brownstein and others who show that they're willing to do it again. But are, is this still the, the media of the 1990s? Well, you know, actually, I'm I'm been somewhat, you know, pleasantly surprised so far. Everyone in the media seems to be treating this like an actual scandal so far. Now, whether or not this carries over into 2016, whether or not the same reporters will be saying, "Oh, well, you know, this is old news," uh, has yet to be determined. But so far, uh, the media seem to be taking this very seriously and, and and following up on it. It certainly helps that this comes right on the heels of the foreign donation scandal with the Clinton Foundation. You know, and again, we have a situation there where the Clinton Foundation just came out and admitted that at least one of these donations was, you know, improper and that they shouldn't have done it. So it makes it much harder for the Clintons to claim innocence. And just in general, uh, you know, everybody at this point in time, you know, as much as you might be a nerd to the Clintons, there's a definite narrative there uh, of the Clintons being, you know, shady and constantly mixed up, mixed up in legal things and, and trying to hide things uh, about what they've done that, you know, later come back to bite them. So whenever you have a situation with a story like this that fits neatly in the pre-existing narrative, it tends to have a bit more in the way of legs than a scandal that just seems to come out of nowhere. But, Mark, do you, you know, find, this, do you find yourself having to stop yourself from laughing every time you see a reporter saying, this adds to the perception that there's something shady about the Clint? I'm, I just, this is like someone <laughs> looking at Charles Manson saying, you know, Charles, that swastika on your forehead adds to the perception that there may be something wrong with you. There, <laughs> there is no perception. This is not an issue of marketing or you know bad lighting. The Clintons are crooks. They've been crooks their entire political life. They've been caught being crooks. Bill Clinton was disbarred by the state of Arkansas. He lied to a federal judge. He lied to a grand jury. Hillary Clinton hid documents from investigators. They mysteriously appeared in her own uh, you know, White House housing. They found white uh, water documents in the trunk of an abandoned car. I mean, and, and on and on. I mean, I could do this for half an hour. <laughs> I mean, is there, are, are people seriously debating that the Clintons don't have they are not people of bad character. Aren't they really simply debating, yes, they're crooks, but there are crooks, and they know how to use their low-rent crookery for um, political ends that I support? Yeah, I'm very wary of that uh, coming from this media, but I, but I will say that I do think that, that things are a little different here in the sense that we're dealing with Hillary primarily now as opposed to Bill, which is to say that whatever you want to say about Bill being a crook, he was on, on a personal level a very friendly, very likable, very smooth operator. Uh, you know, as we saw in 2008, you know, Hillary Clinton doesn't have nearly the same political gifts, and uh, she's always been a much more polarizing figure than Bill. So whether or not the media is willing to go along uh, with uh, this uh, um, perception uh, um, is, 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 is the jury's still still out on that. Now I don't doubt that their basic liberal bias will probably you know predispose them toward Hillary more so than say Scott Walker. But at the same time, you know uh, it, the, the degrees of liberal bias there can have a big effect on a presidential election. Uh, and you know we'll see how all in they are for Hillary the way that they were all in for Bill or all in for Obama. One of the things I liked about your editorial, and will this be the last question, is that you brought it back to the Bengal 
Benghazi investigation and the true scandal that we were repeatedly lied to. We were lied to by Hillary Clinton. She knew at the funeral when she looked the father of one of the dead Americans in the eye and said, we're going to get the guy who had the videotape. She knew she had been told within hours of the attack that Al-Qaeda had taken credit for it, that this was a terrorist attack. So Mm -hmm. it is a truly shameful moment in modern American history. My question for you is, how would you, if, if uh, Trey Gowdy or, or another Republican leader came to you and said, how should we move forward and bring the information we now know about the cover-up with the emails over to the Benghazi mess, what would you recommend? How would you recommend ha- Republicans handle this going forward? Gosh, you know, that is a great question, uh, you know, and, and I wish I had a, a good answer for it. Um, but, I mean, this is just one thing where the you know, you talk about, you know, how the media you know just rolls over for, for certain things. I mean, the media decided immediately that they were going to buy into this narrative. Uh, and uh, I don't see any signs of that necessarily changing. I mean, even now, um, they're talking about the Hillary scandal as being something that's going to affect her political future. They're not talking about the Hillary scandal as being this, like, shameful episode in American history that, you know, impeded the investigation of, of you know, terrorists killing four Americans. So, you know, I had, gosh, you know, I wish I had a good answer for that, but, you know, I'm just, you know, left throwing my hands up because the whole Benghazi thing has just been really, you know, uh, appalling to me and then the way that the media has has handled that. Um, one of the things I pointed out was, you know, the House Intel Committee put out a report last fall that the main thing in that report uh, was it just completely exploded this notion that had been perpetuated directly by the White House and the State Department, as well as a crucial New York Times report that this was a spontaneous uprising caused by a YouTube video, and that's what killed these Americans. Well, this was the official narrative forever. Well, the House Intel Committee report, you know, completely exploded that and showed it was, in fact, a pre-planned terrorist attack. And yet, when the um, House Intel report exploded this, you know, the, the media completely ignored that fact. They completely ignored the fact that everything they'd been reporting about this scandal for the, for the most part for years was, you know, completely based on a lie. And, you know, that's where we're at with the media in Benghazi. So uh, I'm not optimistic uh, that they're going to go back to Benghazi. But if there's any justice, that's absolutely what should happen as a result of this email scandal. Mark Hemingway with the Weekly Standard. Thanks so much for your time. We appreciate it. Thank you. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.